Hello and welcome everybody to the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. We are back. Episode 96 of the pod. Who thought we'd get here? Definitely not me. No, definitely not. But we were there from the start. So uh, hopefully many more episodes to come. Many more episodes to come, but there's only one place to start this week, and we're going to start with Stan because Man United went to City and they ran out two nil winners, didn't they, Stan? We did, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't, don't really know where to start. I'm sure we'll talk about City as well, um, but from a United perspective, it was a very, very good performance, complete performance, another clean sheet against Sky's big six which, you know, kind of was going against us, our record before this, but another another clean sheet. And yeah, 2-0 win. I thought we were very deserved of it. I thought we soaked up pressure when needed. But um, I think the start of the first half, the start of the second half, we were better for the first 10, 15 minutes for either either half. And we scored a goal in, um, you know, both of the periods where we were on top. I thought we, we pressed City really well in the first half. I don't think they expected us to uh, at all. I didn't, to be honest. Um but he played a really high line and uh, City didn't have much joy at all uh, throughout the game. They had obviously a few shots, which the a few moments, which they will because, you know, they're, they're such a good team. But, you know, considering, well, what, what some were expecting before that game yesterday, I mean, a clean sheet, you, you can't ask for much more than that. So, yeah. Oh, you can't. And Jim, obviously prior to this, City, like The Undertaker, were 21-0. And then Brock Lesnar or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comes along and he breaks the streak. Uh, just just give us your thoughts on this one, Jim. The streak is over. Well, I mean, we had to pay our respect to The Undertaker. We couldn't outdo the great man himself. So, I mean, we, we was going to throw this one anyway. I mean, a big conspiracy theory going in 30 seconds and then seeing a penalty. Maybe we did, did throw this one. Um, but yeah, no, stands right. You know, I deserved the win. He was very good. Um all over the pitch, midfield, attack, defence. Uh, it was clinical when they had the chances and didn't give us much. We just weren't that much at the races, but um, I don't think there's, there's too... Like, I don't think City fans are worrying too much going forward. Maybe we're a side that isn't isn't great coming from behind, but I'll, I'll take that as our negative if the rest of it has been as positive as it has been over the past few months. Yeah, City have looked, obviously in scintillating form up until this, but I'm just pouring gasoline on the fire that Stan started a couple of weeks ago with the KDB situation. Do you think there's any any stock in that, going off what Stan said last week, saying that he makes City a, a worse team when he plays, if that's even possible? Uh, he made he probably made City a worse team on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry. Um, yeah, because he just seemed to miss every single pass and didn't even control the ball, so... I think for that game, but then looking back in our 21-win game win streak, he, he played a lot of them games, and uh, there's a big debate whether he can play with Gundogan. And he's played with Gundogan at Arsenal and Chelsea and another, another handful of teams, and we've won all them games. So I don't really see the issue there. I'm just surprised that Pep dropped Bernardo for that game because Bernardo's been one of our I, best players. Um, I, I, I think um, I think Pep got. Well, he had a few choices to make. I think he, he made all the wrong ones, personally. I mean, well, specifically, I thought you wouldn't play a striker, which hasn't, when, when you've not played a, a number nine, should we say, United haven't reacted and adapted well to that. I was very happy that Phil Foden didn't start. 
Um, I was surprised that Sterling played on the left again because I don't think he's ever had a good game against Wan-Bissaka or United in general. So I thought maybe you could have put him on the right. And if you'd had maybe Foden, or a fluid attack at least, it might have taken away from Wan-Bissaka just having that one-on-one, which is exactly what he wants. And Gundogan, I was worried about before the game. But going back to what Cook said, I thought that KDB maybe stunted him. I don't think Gundogan was getting in any of the positions that we saw him getting without uh, De Bruyne being in the team. I don't know what you think about that. Uh, I, th- I think going through the middle, um, United are very good there when Fred and McTominay um, played together. I actually think down the wings, City should have played down there more. I didn't think Sterling played that badly, actually. I think he actually no, got no, in behind no. a few times and he, yeah. he, could, have, he could have had a penalty um, if he maybe asked for it a bit more. Um yeah. But I know what you're saying, like hypothetically looking at that, and especially when Phil Foden came on and then instantly just changed the attack, it's like he's always so good. But going into the game, we played at Wolves the and won four one the game before, and our three best players were were Sterling, Maris and Jesus. I don't think they could have been dropped. I don't think many were expecting them to be. And I know we we won the two no one without a striker and it kind of confused the defence. But I think that's just like looking back hypothetically with the result. I, but I don't. I, I I was looking at that front three and thinking, yeah, fair enough. He couldn't drop any of them because Mares was so good yeah. and so was Sterling and Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, it was one of them. But Tony and Fred, I thought we saw the best and the worst of them too. I think off the ball they were brilliant, working really hard and helping the defense. But um, between them, they actually gave the ball away twenty five times, which you can't you can't have that from a midfield too. I think it was twelve and. 13. I can't remember which way around it was. Um, but on the ball, they're not good enough. United could do with, obviously, bringing somebody in that can work as hard as them, but is a lot more, maybe not comfortable on the ball, because I don't think either of them are that uncomfortable on the ball, but maybe doesn't waste possession as much, especially against a side like City, where if you do lose it, they can go from, you know, 40 yards out to in the back of the net within about five or six seconds. So, um, yeah, I thought United was spot on. Uh, we stuck with our 4-2-3-1. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think we won pretty much most of the battles all over the pitch. And I mean, there was a few people talking about, do we have an underdog mentality? I don't know if it's an underdog mentality. I think it's, I think we do have a mentality issue, uh, definitely, especially when we're playing those teams lower in the table. We don't seem to be able to pick ourselves up for them as much. But I do also think that it's uh, style as well. Uh, I think we've had a lot of nil-nils because the other other big six teams have showed us more respect than maybe they did last season and not left a lot of, of space in behind. I mean, we have had chances in those games, but the final pass wasn't there. And like Jim said, we were we were clinical today. So I don't, I don't think we're that far away. Maybe a couple more players and, and, you know, a bit more quality in cojones, as, you know, I've said before. And United could easily this season have been up there with City if we'd had that. So, you know, a good... Statement by United, but like Jim says, I don't think it's changing too much. We're still 11 points behind and City won't be worried, but always nice to win the derby and we've won the last three in all comps there now. Solskjaer has won more games against Guardiola than he's lost, which I don't think many other managers can say. So, No, I know, but uh, obviously United, talking about an underdog mentality, I don't think they have an underdog mentality, but when they play City, I think that changes and then they have this underdog mentality because I feel like every time they play them, they raise the game United and a player that has raised his game lately. Now he's back from Weight Watchers, Luke Shaw. He's put his name in the hat for the plane to the Euros with Bakaya Saka and Ben Chilwell. And he obviously got the second and defining goal in this game after Bruno got his obligatory stat padding penny. But how good's Luke Shaw been of late, Stan? Uh, really good. Um, 
I mean, it's took him years. He, he did join a lot. Of, a lot of people forget that he did join us eight years ago this summer. So it has been a long time eight coming. Years. I, know, I know he had. Oh no, seven years. Sorry, twenty fourteen. My oh, maths is slightly off. Uh, he's only 25 we didn't be signed him when he was 18 so uh, he's been here seven years this summer so it's been a long time coming I had given up on him um, but obviously you know other people at the club hadn't uh, the closest we'd come to replacing him was signing Tellez who seems to have been the best signing we could have made for Luke Shaw individually but um, yeah like you say last well since the turn of 2021, I think, I can't remember his stats off by heart, but I think, you know, creation stats and, and you know, goals, well, goals now are goals, should I say, yesterday, and and his assists and, and, you know, key chances and stuff. I don't think there's many better out there at the moment in the league. And I think a lot of, a lot of United fans are saying he's the best fullback in the league since the turn of the year. And I think, you know, you'd be struggling to disagree with that. And he's definitely, definitely in the name for that England left-back slot. So, yeah, hopefully he keeps going with it. Yeah, the only thing is he's got to stay consistent and injury-free now until the end of the year. But a team that's very consistent at the moment, consistently losing, uh, Liverpool, Jim. Let's talk about six, baby. It's the sixth home loss in a row for Jurgen's Redmen. They've actually lost as many games at home this year as they have in the past five seasons. They are in trouble, aren't they, Jim? Yeah, I don't even know what to say at this point. I thought Fulham, surely. Just laugh. Surely they can't lose this one. Just laugh. Well, I mean, if you don't laugh, you'll cry if you're a Liverpool fan. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I actually watched this one. Um, it was a shit Super Sunday. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> It was a nil-nil. The Lamina goal saved it. Yeah, it was a great goal. I mean, Sal- um, Robertson clears it of a, not a grey header, and then it comes back out to Salah, who's just, just not strong enough. I, I, think, I think that goal... Um, from Liverpool's perspective, kind of sums up to me how they played that game. Like very laboured, like Salah was in his box, um, facing his own goal, and there was just no urgency there to clear it or hold off his man. And he rightfully was punished. And I think what Liverpool might have forgotten, or might not have realised going into the game, was that Fulham recently, past few months, have been a, a really good defensive side. Anderson obviously was up a player of the month, and tossing like a two million pound steal, even the keepers keeping him in game sometimes. So you're not just going to score. You have to play well if you're going to beat Fulham. Like nowadays, I know they're down there in relegation, but certainly the form suggests that the yeah. maybe the, they wouldn't be if the season started now and the one point off um off Newcastle and Brian is it? I know they've got a game on the other two yeah. teams, but it looks like there's an actual relegation battle on and full credit to Parker. It would it would worry me as a Liverpool fan seeing that starting eleven the other day. It seems like they put all the eggs in the Champions League basket because you can't make that many rotations against anybody in the Premier League, even if you're away at Sheffield United. Uh, you struck well, maybe if you City, but apart from apart from that, you, you you just can't get away with it. So for me, doing that, it was almost like, well, we'll see if we win. If we don't win. You know, it doesn't matter. We've lost five in a row anyway. We're probably not going to get top four. And they might go home in the Champions League. It's a cup competition. Anything can happen. You know, teams have finished around where Liverpool has sat and gone on to win the win the Champions League. But I just, yeah, with 10 games left and winning the league like they did last season, that is a, that would be a big issue for me. I don't think that, that stinks to me. It's not a very good sign at all. No, it's not. But I'll tell you one thing. I am actually quite jealous of Liverpool at the moment because... If Klopp was the Chelsea manager and this has happened, he would have been sacked Monday morning. 100% he would have been sacked Monday morning, regardless <laughs> of what he's won. So I'm very jealous of the fact that, obviously, prior to them winning the Champions League and the league back-to-back seasons, 
he had many years to build his empire and if Liverpool were even half as tricky, uh, sorry, trigger happy as us, he'd have gone by now 100%. Maybe even as Man City, Jim. Maybe they'd have pulled the trigger on him as well. Six home losses in a row. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're quite as prolific for second matches as Chelsea. Come to the dark in the last 10 years. Um, well, bless the United in the last 10 years. Um, but, but yeah, but de- definitely. And I know what you're saying about Klopp. Listen, I don't think it should be sad. I think he's done too much to even get that. I think even if I don't think he lost every. I don't think he's no. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying. I'm just saying that. I think now, the last eight games at Anfield and only getting two points out of the possible twenty-four, and they've they've played some shoddy teams as well. I, I think there should be serious questions over Klopp. I know they've got an, obviously an injury crisis there, but I mean it. it He's still woeful. We, we've, we've been begging him to change system and he did change system for about 50 minutes in this one and it looks even worse. Um, I don't know. He's, he's got to come up with a plan, really. And he's, he's got to get his players up for it. I mean, Carragher called him mentality midgets and <laughs> I, yeah, he genuinely said that on commentary. And that's what Klopp's got to do. That's his job. I mean, I know he's just got to roll with the punches and... Um, I yeah, he, need, he needs a bit of inspiration from somewhere, and I'm I, I'm thinking that should come from Klopp. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't think a lot of these issues are down to Klopp because, like you say, uh, you know, he was allowed to build his his empire and he's won the Champions League and the Premier League. So obviously, you get a lot of slack, and I do think he probably spotted a lot of these issues. I think if me and Jim can spot that they need a centre back, it wouldn't surprise me if Klopp was banging on FSG's door. Although I do think, you know, the things that we've picked up in the last few weeks with not changing things and chucking someone else in do rest at his door. He's got obviously absolutely nothing to worry about. I think it's more like, well, it is 100% more likely that he walks and Liverpool sack him. Um, but I did, I did see... You know, I think he might... Well, sorry? You know, the year Dortmund were doing dead shit. I think it was like 2014, 15. I think he walked, yeah. you know, because they weren't going to get Champions League. And I think he did walk. Well, he does, he does, um, I mean, at Dortmund, he built a team and that ended up getting picked off by Bayern and then getting, you know, absolutely knackered from the kind of football that he plays. And he left and went and joined Liverpool. So maybe a similar thing's happening now. We've seen it before at Dortmund. Obviously, it's not been picked off, but they do look absolutely exhausted after three years of using the same 14 players. Uh, so you never know. And, you know, Germany might be after a manager after the Euros. Yogi Love's been there for a while. Uh, he might even want... A, a year out which which obviously Guardiola did after he left Barca so there's a number of different options for him um, but I did see a stat that um, I think I can't remember the amount of goal uh, amount of shots but Liverpool's uh, the amount of sh- shots that Liverpool have taken without scoring in open play is the most ever in Premier League history without scoring a goal Jeez. it's crazy that isn't it so I, th- I think it was is it 150 shots without scoring a goal in open play at home which is the worst out of any Premier League side ever including Derby with 11 points and etc etc so really not the Liverpool front three obviously that frightening front three of Mane yeah, Bobby and Mo it's such yeah. such a decline it is but... and just before we go on to our final game of this week's coverage I'd just like to to say the words of uh, the president of Namibia, um, Hage G G N Gob, he's a listener of the podcast. I'm sure um, he said that we the Liverpool, we the supporters of Liverpool have been walking alone for a while now. Sadly, we are becoming orphans because our team is dying. <laughs> and just just to add to his words, um, as a United fan, 
there was ever a time for Liverpool to come back, it would have lasted two years and there would have been no fans in the ground. to recognise this song. Me. Oh, <laughs> series, series, series <laughs> oh my God, I love safe. this song. <laughs> Walk on. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, so that's enough for the Liverpool chat. And um currently recording from the 8th of March, 20 days before the golf course is open. And I'm just wondering, Cook, if that will... If Bale's getting his goals in now before um, the, the links open back up for his beloved sport of golf. Because, I mean, he's got two braces at home in successive games at um, the Tottenham Stadium. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Tottenham fans, I, I think, are overreacting to this because he has he has only scored against bum teams. Like, top of my head, Wolfsburger, Burnley, Wickham, uh, like, shit teams like that. But... I'm a fan of Bale. I, I have been for a long time. I don't think he's finished. I think he just needs a run of games and he needs to do it against the bigger teams because the expectations are obviously high from, from Tottenham fans, but I feel like from the neutral fans are probably even higher because for Brits especially, us three, looking at Gareth Bale scoring in big games for Real Madrid, two Champions League finals he's scored in, Copa del Rey finals, is it is it wrong, Stan, for me to be slagging him off here for scoring against the shitters, or am I just expecting the old Gareth Bale? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not been the old Gareth Bale for quite a while, especially if you ask Zinedine Zidane. But um, I do think this is the closest he's looked like the old uh, Bale for for a good, well, probably a good year or so, and definitely since he joined Spurs. But you know, the amount of money they've been paying for him. I think he was due a few goals for them if you calculated the amount of money they've been paying him per week since he, he came in September. But, but, you know, moving away from that and not being too critical, um, yeah, it is about time he started playing well because I, I know that was there a, I can't remember what game it was, but Neville said that Bale was annoying him, sat on the bench just smiling when they just made the third sub. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of summed him up for the first few months. But, you know, he's coming to the team, scored back-to-back braces. And you look at that front three on paper at Spurs, and honestly, there's not many better in the league if you can get them free uh, firing. And obviously, Son and Kane fire anyway. So if you can add Bale to that, then it doesn't matter if, if um, Jose puts the rest behind the ball. If they leave that front three up the pitch, then uh, they'll cause problems, Cook. Yeah, Jim. Salah, Kane, Bruno, and then Son occupy the top four Scoring charts. Harry Kane now, with his brace this weekend and his assist, takes his tally to 16 goals and 13 assists for the Spurs man in 27 games. That is some going from Kane. Yeah, well, I've actually started the season, put a bet on him to get the player of the year. Um, and he started off brilliantly. I thought, this is a bank of this. He had about 11 assists in two games or something stupid. Um <laughs> But then he kind of died off and then he got injured and he went out for that long, really. He was out for like three games. No way. Um, but now but now he's come back and he's firing again. I'm just thinking to myself, if Kane finishes the season as top goal scorer and top assister, there's a bloody good, surely he's a player of the year. Like he's up there. I mean, at the minute, I know it's between, the odds would suggest it's between Bruno as favourite and then you've got Diaz. Gundogan behind him. Even Diaz's name getting floated about there for player of the year. Yeah, Diaz is up there for the odds, yeah, he is. And he, he should be, to be fair. But Reckon I think if Kane... Play? I don't think he'll get it because I think we just love like, the the big stats and the goal-scoring stats. I mean, it's been a while since the defender's got it. I know Van Dijk got it, but I don't Before know. 
Yeah, um, I mean Diaz is, is is rightful. I mean, I'm not gonna not too stressed about it, but I just think if Kane gets them two big stats, and that's what we focus on so much nowadays, mm. he, he might be the favourite for it if he does that. Who, who votes for it? I'd like. I think is it captains? Is it captains and managers and? Yeah, captains and managers uh, can vote each. Well, he's, he's well liked, and he is, is the FA's post. Yeah, exactly. Captain. So even even if, I mean, you know, it sounds stupid, but if he gets top goal scorer and top assist, but Spurs finish, you know, six, would he be player of the season? I don't. If if he does that and they get top four, then maybe. But um, yeah, like it's, it's probably between him, Bruno, and uh, and Gundogan at the moment. But did De Bruyne win it last season? And it with Liverpool running away with the title, or was it the year before? I can't remember. Yeah, no, De Bruyne won it. No, yeah, De Bruyne won it last year. Yeah, so it doesn't seem to matter who wins the league or where they finish. You know, De Bruyne had a brilliant season last year. So if, if Kane does that, I mean, you've got to have some season to stop the top assister and top goal scorer from winning the player of the year. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. No, as well. Get, was it 10 if you got it? Outside. If got it. outside the top six, that makes it better for me for Kane achieving that if he gets top assists yeah top yeah you, 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 probably you more look, of an achievement in it you can look you can look at it that way as well um yeah I, th- I think a big part of De Bruyne getting it last season was because he obviously equaled Henri's assist record and yeah. Kane is seven and I don't think he's quite on track I think he'll need what seven assists it's 20 he'll need seven assists in the next 11 games which is a lot to ask from anybody but I mean if he does that then He's got the he's got the backing and the storyline to get it. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, don't think, I don't think there'd be many complaints from Bruno or Gundogan if if Kane got top goal scorer and top assist and he won it. So yeah, no, exactly. Yes, that noise means it is time for the bet of the week, listeners. So ears at the ready because friend and listener of the pod ex-guest of the pod, Geordie, has given us the bet of the week and it is an alleged 10.92 to 1. So listen up. We've gone for Chelsea to beat Leeds and over one goals for Chelsea. We've gone Everton to beat Burnley at home over one goals for Everton. We've gone Man City to win away at Fulham over one goal for Man City. And match result, Crystal Palace to beat West Bromwich Albion under four goals in the match. So just to recap, Chelsea to win an over one goal, Everton to win an over one goal, Man City to win over one goal, and Palace or draw an under four goals in the match. Stan, what can the listeners do with that? They can shove it up their rackers. Jeez. Such a dunny bet that. <laughs> Jim, that singing that you just did then was superb. Just oh, there. You sound, my voice is killing. You sound excellent. No salt gargles have been working. Because <laughs> your voice sounds velvet. Right. <laughs> Everyone knows by that music, the Champions League is back on Tuesday for the second legs of the knockout round. Currently, the scores on the doors, these can all change, are... Cook, I am on six. Jim is on four. And Stan 
is on three. Stan, you're shitting yourself now. Or you will be after you do this challenge for finish Listen, I've already told you, I've already told you I'm, I'm a Europa League boy anyway. I do my I do my laundry on Tuesday and Wednesday nights now. So I, I just picked random. Oh, not, not bothered me. Don't care. Don't care anymore. No, and all, all, there's got to be a couple of them that turn around in this second. It'd be boring if um, if if you know everybody that one went through. So I'm hoping for uh, Atlanta and Sevilla to uh, get their finger out and uh, do some damage. Yeah, I mean Sevilla currently three two down, but they've still got to go to Dortmund and get a result. So Stan will be praying for that. But we have decided, Jim. Well, I I forget what are we doing for this fucking challenge. Something to do with hot sauce. We're just gonna, yeah. I think we're just gonna have a bit of a, a, a shot of hot sauce or something like that. Something along those lines. I seen yeah. something in Nando's the other day when I was there. They now do a XX X hot. So maybe I'll get Stan some wings when he fucking loses. X extra hot. <laughs> and then hey, can... I'll do that. I'll set the wings if I lose. Will you? The wings of death. That's a nice booby prize. Mm, don't sue us hot ones please we are big fans we will support you but please don't sue us but no Juve Stan biggest shock so far of the first legs getting beat by Porto 1-0 away from home obviously that's all to play for now but yeah. imagine if they go out <laughs> it wouldn't it's a weird but I'd say it wouldn't surprise me but all three of us chose Juve but honestly it wouldn't surprise me um, I mean obviously at the start if I had to put money on who would go through it would be Juve but um, they aren't they aren't very good at all. Uh, the only reason I went with you, if put it this way, if Juve didn't have Ronaldo, I, I probably would have swayed towards Porto with some of the rest of the players that Juve have got on the level that they're playing at. But put, put the house on Ronaldo scoring actually against his old club and then going through because it's happening. Doesn't matter how bad Juve are, the champions. God will get it. Hasn't played for uh, Porto, Jim. I'll have to sports in Lisbon. I'll have all to right then. Just in case we've got Joe listening, who's very into his Portuguese football, there might be more motivation for Ronnie Hot Dogs. Well, didn't didn't, didn't they like not like Porto? Is that not something? probably? Yeah, no, I don't think they like each other. That's what I meant. I mean, they don't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what he meant. But quick thing on Liverpool: good time for Leipzig to play at Anfield currently. Will it be seven? It's Ooh, not at Anfield. It's not at Anfield. Oh, where is it? It's at Mainzy. No, I don't know where it is. It's not at Anfield. <laughs> Yeah, it's on mains, but actually, turn like cricket club. Let's have it. Yeah, but any, well, all right then. Liverpool technically are at home. Would we count this as seven when they inevitably get beat? Depends if you lose or not. If you do, then yeah. If you don't, yeah. then no. That, that's very true. I mean, if they lose, it's seven at home. If they win, it's not an Anfield, so it don't count. Simple yeah. as that. But win, no, you are, you are right. There's, there's not. Um, did I go? I went. Did I go Leipzig in this one? Yeah, so did I. Yeah, I think I did. did. Yeah, I mean, oh, no, I like you said, no, you went live again. There's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look at him trying to jump <laughs> shit. No, it's because I've said that. Extra no heart, and now he's shitting it. Let's change. Go on. I would say there's no better better time, um, but Leipzig will concede because they always do. So, and then when that happens, you know, it's it's tie over. They got to go and win four one. So. Liverpool are through in that one. That's why I'm focusing on Atalanta and Sevilla to save me from the Hatsars. <laughs> to save Stan's arse ring of death. But the biggest upset, I would say, in these predictions was PSG absolutely smashing Barca 4-1 at the new Camp Gym. Mbappe 
in a league of his own and Messi shitting himself. Well, well, yeah, could have been Messi's last Champions League game at that ground. But who knows? Funnier things have happened in this fixture. We, we revert back to the other weeks. Um, 11 and when we covered the 6-1 comeback. So maybe another dramatic last 16 game there. Yeah, PSG absolutely pulling up trees at the new Camp. Mbappe in a league of his own. And hopefully they go through. I mean, they have bottled it in the past. Let's just hope PSG, you show remotely any bottle and manage to get through in this one. Looks like City are through. Chelsea won 1-0 away at Atletico, which is a good result. But I would still say there are, well, there's work definitely to do in those two games. Those games aren't finished yet. 2-0, never safe. 1-0, definitely not safe, Stom. I'm not. I think, I think City are through. Um, City oh, will be on, fine. What about Bundesliga listeners? No, no, honestly, City will be fine. What about the Bundesliga pod we did? I know, yeah. I think no, about all right, maybe not. Um, no, they'll be fine. I can't well, give them any time. We're in the Champions League and not battling the drop again. My side. No. <laughs> Who do you full support? I know Jim was Schalke, actually. Union Berlin. <laughs> the Unions. Hey, they're doing good this year. They're doing all right, the boys. Anyway, um, yeah, City will go through. Um, Letty can't be any fucking worse than they were in the first leg. So surely they've got, well, they, they have to go for it a little bit. They didn't want to know until Chelsea scored in the first leg. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting. And honestly, that could go either way. Now I wouldn't want to say which way that would go. I'll let you because I've chosen them. So. All right, welcome back to this show in 11 above. Last week was a great game. We got all 11 made history. Uh, Cook won 3-2 in this one, but... Today's episode of 11 Ball, uh, the sixth game, there'll only be 10 spots up for grabs because earlier we spoke about Gareth Bale scoring back-to-back goals at home for Spurs. And it's the first time he has done so since the end of the 12-13 season. Um, oh, he man. followed a goal and a 3-1 win at Spurs City with the winner in a 1-1 versus Saints. So towards the end of the 2012-13 season, in a Spurs 1-0 victory at home to Saints, I've got the other 10 players that started alongside Gareth Bale. Um, and it is stand to go first. I'll give you a 4 2 3 1 formation and off you go. So, what year was it? 2013. Fucking hell. Oh, this. <laughs> I don't know about you, Cook, but. Um, it's a tough I'm... one and we're going to have to go rapid fire. But Mr. Tuffy, it is. I'll go. Let's go. I'll go Hugo uh, Lurie in that. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. I'll go Kyle Walker. Spot on. This is picking up some pace now. Um, oh, fucking hell. Who was the other one? Oh, no, actually. Vertonghen. The other what, Stan? The other what? Vertonghen. Yeah. Back. <laughs> yes. 2-1 to Stan. Vertonghen was in. <laughs> um, oh, God. Scott Parker? No. Surely But not. the first That's slip. Really? The first slip. Stand to go. Uh, oh, fucking hell. Um, Dembele, Musa Dembele. Yeah, Stan's been spot on. Three or three. Cook, get it right. Yeah. Go home. You need this to level three all, remember? I do, I do, I do, I do. Shit, which bum Dossa striker would they have, have had at that point? <sighs> it's not Soldado because they bought him with the bail money. 2013, he left. <sighs> fucking hell. That's a long time ago, that. Hell. This is this is hard. Uh, what we nippers? Hmm. 
I'm going to take a big risk, a big risk this early, and go Adebayo. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big risk. He's and it's over. It's no, just like, it's over. No! Bad Addy, who was up front? Tell me who was up front. Do you know what? I'll let Stan have a few guesses because he's been free for free so far. All right, no, just, well. just for a fun end of the game. Let's Stan try Come and on. do the rest. Go on, Stan. Let's just see what uh, you can do. What have we got left? So you've got a centre-back, a left-back. You've got two older midfielders, two attacking midfielders, and... Um, Hold yeah, on. Is Dembele one of them midfielders? Oh, yeah, you've done Dembele as one of the holding midfielders, yeah. Uh, Bale, obviously. Um, Bale's, Bale's on the left, and then you've got the guy behind and guy on the right. Who was manager? Do you know? I don't know. Right. I don't. Uh, older, uh, did I say... Older, no, he was still at Southampton, I think. Could it have been AVB? Would the manager have been AVB? It could have been, yeah. I don't know who it was. No idea. Um, oh, yeah, well, they've been won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AVB, um, there's a blast from Modric had gone the summer before, I think. Apparently, Marseille. I've money. got no idea. Danny oh, Rose was the other one I was going to go Cotto? for. Suicotto was at left back. Yep. Um, we had Cook's um, former football manager, friend, and captain, uh, Dawson, at centre back. Oh, um, Stan, I'm very disappointed um, that he didn't get Tom Huddleston oh, Tom in midfield. Oh, shit. <laughs> Um, we had Aaron Lennon on the right. Um, oh, how did we not get that? Clint Dempsey. Aaron Lennon down the wing like he's on a mission. Clint? Clint Dempsey was behind the striker. That's a tough one. And then up front was, he wasn't a bum dot sniffer. It's an 100 goal. The 100 club is Jermaine Defoe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell, we team. did shit then. That were a good team as well. Well, it there's was some, good. There's some it tough names there though. Better or worse than the one they've got now, Stan? I don't know, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably worse slightly, but... And Dembele understand double pivot is fucking something. <laughs> it's got everything you need there, hasn't it? Got everything you need. And we've got everything you need if you follow us on our socials, at Cookie Podcast 1. That's at Cookie Podcast, followed by the number one. Get on YouTube. Have a look on YouTube for us, Insta, Twitter, wherever you get your podcast, and that's where we'll be. And that's the way the cookie crumbles, baby. See this.